Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Perkyevos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, would like to reach out and say hello, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, we're continuing with Perek Bey's Mishnah Zion, chapter two, Mishnah number seven. And the Mishnah is continuing with the teaching of Hillel. So Hillel would say, that Hillel, he once saw a skull floating on the water. Oh my law, he said to it, said to the skull, because you drowned others, they drowned you. And eventually those who drown you will be drowned. Interesting conversation that Hill is having here with his skull. And we're going to hopefully get a little clarity today of what Hillel was trying to do with his story when he saw the skull. What lessons we can take out of it and how we could use it for ourselves. Now, the first thing the commentaries tell us about this story with Hillel is that Hillel seemed to recognize this skull of a known murderer. I guess he was able to tell somehow. He knew the background of the story and he, that this skull was floating on the river. He saw it was a known murderer who had been killed. And he was sort of talking to the skull as if it were alive, right? Obviously wasn't. And he said, because you drowned others, you got drowned. And at the end of the day, the person who drowned you will also be drowned. The first thought that's coming, you know, that, that's expressed in this Mishnah from Hillel is this idea of shuras hadin, that exacting in judgment. That we know Hashem, God, has the attribute of mercy and also the attribute of justice. If Hashem would just have one of these attributes, would just be merciful. I mean, we know Hashem is a merciful God. He is. He does have compassion upon us. Tremendous. Right, we talk about the 13 attributes of mercy. We, we, we say those prayers during times of distress, and we know that we're always answered to an extent when we say those special prayers. It lists the 13 attributes of Hashem's merciful side. But at the same time, we have to recognize that there's also a side of judgment, of din. And that's actually our relationship with Hashem has to have, has to reflect the reality that there is a side of, of judgment. Now, obviously Hashem gives us opportunities. He always wants us to, to, to do teshuva, to come back, to return, to do the right thing. But at the same time, things aren't just forgotten. They don't just get washed away. Everything's exact. A person gets rewarded for everything that he's supposed to be rewarded for. 
And on the flip side, a person is punished for everything that they're supposed to be punished for. Now, I want to put a big caveat in there that we do have the opportunity through teshuva. It's a, it's a gift that Hashem has given us that of returning, that we can wipe the slate clean. And even more than wipe the slate clean, we could take our sins, and this is probably for another episode, that the sins that we, we've, we've committed, we have the ability to do teshuva to such an extent that the sins we do become into mitzvos. They become to merits for us. Um, th that's the highest level of teshuva, the highest level of returning. That when a person, he repents, he or she repents to such a level where the actual sins become mitzvos. And I'm, you know, I could explain that a different time. But the idea is, is that I think it's it causes a person, if if the sinning that the person did caused the person to have such a such a rectification, it's almost as if what he did becomes as a credit for him. But the idea is, is that we have to recognize there are both aspects of our relationship with Hashem or the relationship with God. And um if we wouldn't have that, right, just like a parent, if there's no discipline, then there's a child will keep pushing the bounds, pushing the bounds, pushing the bounds, and it'll be uncontrollable, right? There always has to be discipline. No, no matter how much you love your child, how much, how much compassion you have, you need to sometimes discipline it for sometimes it means um, putting a child in timeout. Sometimes it means that maybe putting them in their place, right? punishing them. Every parent has a different relationship, but every it has to be appropriate. But there is a, a disciplining system, right? Schools need discipline because if you don't discipline, people and children especially push the bounds, push the limits. Unfortunately, today, we, we you know, I'm sure many people can reflect this feeling that people feel that there's not enough discipline. People don't have respect. People just do whatever they want. And what does that come from? That comes from a lack of discipline. So in our relationship with Hashem as well, as human beings, we're sometimes similar to our children, that if we wouldn't have a sense of, of, of justice, that there's a sense of din in the world, we would just push and do whatever we want. There would be no accountability to our actions. So therefore, Hashem has set up a system where there is an overarching um, aspect of mercy, but at the same time, there is judgment. And that is really the, 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 this idea of shuras hadin. Everything's exact. That whatever we do, we get rewarded for. And never, whatever, God forbid, sins we, we commit, we also get punished for. Now, obviously, we can fix that. But let's just look at the equation. And um, the, the Mishnah, Hillel is teaching us something here very important. That he was talking to this skull. And... The skull was a murderer who killed other people. And he was telling him, because you murdered other people, you got murdered. That's something called mida keneged mida. That if a person does something to someone else, he gets paid back in kind. Mida keneged mida, measure for measure. And that's the way that Hashem works. We can use this for our benefit, as we'll explain, and it could also be used against us. But I don't when I say against us, I, I mean in regards to punishment, right? So I want to explain the Mishnah first, and then I could explain the fl flip side. Hill was telling this, this skull who was this murderer, bad person, 
because you murdered other people, so therefore the punishment for you is to be murdered. And it wasn't that just you got murdered, it's that because you drowned other people, you got drowned yourself. You know the expression, what goes around comes around. And in the heavenly spheres, it works like that as well. That if a person does certain things, it's likely to come back in some way. Now, we might not see how it comes back, but God in his infinite um, knowledge and wisdom makes it come back to a person in a way that's measure for measure. And the same thing can be said in regards to our reward for Torah observances, for mitzvot, so doing the right thing. That the, our reward for doing something good can be measure for measure for the things that we do good. And actually, it's even more than that. We know that reward is more than, than, than punishment. So whatever we do, we always get rewarded more than you know, the, the, the mida of, of, uh, of goodness, of the, the characteristic of goodness goes further than the, than the characteristic of and the mida and the trait of punishment. And if a person is in a, you know, works extra hard in a certain area to improve themselves, so they can, you know, the, the reward will be somehow in that way that will repay them or reward them in the area and in the way that they try to strive in. You know, there's different stories in the Talmud which, which list this concept that there was a great sage that was always um, very, very um, busy with making sure people had water. And I don't, I'm not remembering the exact details of the story, but the Gemara goes through it that somehow the, the child, you know, the, um, the child of that sage maybe died, drowned in water, and, and the, the sage discusses it's not possible, it can't work. I mean, and I, you know, I don't want to remember that, but something along the lines, either they revived the child or I, I don't remember, but. But the idea is that we see this concept, there's a concept, there's a concept that the things that we do, we also get rewarded in that area. That if we strive in certain areas, so there's a, there's a, this concept of mida connected mida, measure for measure, that we will be rewarded in that area as well. And that's what Hillel was telling the skull, he was telling the lesson for us really, that he did a certain thing, he drowned other people and therefore he got drowned himself. That was the punishment that he got back from. Now, how come we might say to ourselves, uh, we see plenty of people who do bad things, nothing bad happens to them. It doesn't go how we see things at, at all the time, all the time. But rather in the, in the realm of things, the greater picture in, in, in the way that Hashem meets out justice, that's the way he does it. And he does do it measure for measure. As much as bad that a person did, that this skull did, that's how much punishment he got bad. Not an iota more, not an iota less, exact. And that's another point I want to bring out, Shuras Hadin, the exactness of the din, that everything is exact. There's nothing, you know, it's not like you just throw it in and there's and there's extra, extra pain, extra suffering, or extra reward. Everything is a totally exact that if a person is is you know needs to be punished, Hashem's only gonna punish him to the exact hair's breadth that he needs to be. And if a person is supposed to get a reward, they're going to get rewarded exactly for each mitzvah, every single thing they do. And, and, and really, it's to our benefit because if we do a good mitzvah, a small mitzvah, a tiny mitzvah, we're going to get rewarded for that. And it's something we should keep in mind and remember. Now, 
A second part of the Mishnah, which I want to focus in on, is that the soif miyat miyatfach yatufun. The Hillel's second statement was that those who drown you will be drowned. You know, you would think maybe the situation that the guy who, who got drowned was a murderer, he's a bad guy. So the guy who killed him was doing everyone a favor. He was doing a good thing, maybe. Right? There was a, there was a death penalty from heaven on this person. And whoever killed him, maybe it was even for, uh, you know, he, 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 he mugged him and he, just, and he killed him anyways, right? Maybe he was doing society a good thing. And Hillel was saying, no, it doesn't work like that. Just because someone's a bad person and there's a heavenly decree upon the person that he should be killed, doesn't mean that the person who carries out that judgment is going to be innocent in a head, you know, and, and sure in this court and for sh- and, 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 and in the next world as well. Because there's a concept that even though a person has a judgment upon themselves, right? We know everything is set on Rosh Hashanah. We, we could pray for the year that we different during the times of the year, we, we do pray every day that sometimes we want to change certain scenarios. We're allowed to do that. That's for another time. But the idea is, is that we know on, on, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we're destined if we're going to live, we're going to die, how much money we're going to have, and different things are, are, are set. So you could reason to yourself that maybe if there's a judgment upon someone who, that they should be killed this year, that they should not live out through the year. So maybe a person who comes and actually carries out that judgment shouldn't be liable because that's what God wanted anyways. That's what Hashem decreed. So how could they be liable, I'm talking about in the heavenly spheres, if that's what Hashem wanted? And this is actually a famous question, which is asked regarding the Jewish people and the Egyptians. Right? We know that the Jewish people were destined to go down to Egypt. Avram Avinu, God told Abraham that his children would be in Mitzrayim, would be in the land of Egypt, and they would be enslaved there. And the question is, is that why did the Egyptians get punished for carrying out the will of God? Why were they punished? And because we see in the partios that God says, I'm going to punish the Egyptians. They're going to, they're going to get, you know, for what they did to the Jewish people. And the question could be asked, and it is asked, is that why were they punished? God had determined already that the Jewish people would go down there. They had to go through this experience of slavery in order to become a people. So why are the Egyptians you know, hit with the 10 plagues? Why do they suffer for all those different makos? Why were they killed by the splitting of the sea? They shouldn't be liable, the hand of God. This is what God wanted. This is actually a very famous question. And the answer to that is that even though it was de- determined from Hashem that the Jewish people should go down to Egypt, they should be slaves. The Egyptians didn't have to be the one. The Egyptians, the, the Mitzrayim, it could, they could have let another people enslave the Jewish people. But since they decided to be the ones to do it, so therefore they were punished. And the way we could make this a little more practical is if I go to somebody and punch the person in the face, right? So I could say, I should not be liable. I shouldn't be liable because if Hashem wanted that you should get punched, if Hashem didn't want that you should get punched, it wouldn't have happened to you. From the fact that it did happen, it's obvious that God wanted you to get punched in the face. So therefore, I'm innocent. 
I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do a sin. I didn't do an Aver. Obviously, I might get locked up if I do that. But I'm saying in the heavenly spheres, did I do an Aver or not? Because we know that everything happens is from the will of Hashem. Everything happens. God is in charge of the world. And nothing happens to a person unless it's decreed that it should happen. So if I go up to you and I slap you in the face, maybe I shouldn't be liable because if God didn't want that to happen, it wouldn't have happened to you. It wouldn't have happened, right? And this is similar to the question of, the, of why the Egyptians were punished. And the answer to that is that it didn't have to be me. It didn't have to be me. You're right. You're right that obviously if, if I was able to slap you across the face, it was determined from heaven that that should happen to you. There's no ifs and buts about that. But I still did an Avera. I still did a sin because I chose to do that to you. I decided to slap you in the face. And it I could have let, I didn't have to do that. Someone else could have done that and carried out God, God's decree. And since it, it couldn't have, since the Mitzrayim, the Egyptians didn't have to be the ones to do it. So therefore they were punished. And there are other answers that are given as well to this question. You know, maybe they, they were overzealous in doing the, the will of Hashem, the, the Egyptians, and that's why they were punished as well. They did it too much. They overdid it. But I wanted to focus on the first one today, that there's this concept of, of you know, that things are determined. And this is the same question that really leads us to another point that, you know, if a person says to themselves, you know, everything is determined by God. So therefore, I'm going to walk across the street blindfolded. And if, if I, you know, if I'm going to get hit, I'll get it. If not, not. That's foolishness. Because even though everything is determined from Hashem, we still have to do our part and do our shtadlus, our due diligence to make sure we live our lives. And crossing a, a street blindfolded is something which is looked at in society as irresponsible, as dangerous, as crazy. So therefore, a person, um, even, it's possible in that situation that if a person could, could um, cause his time to go earlier than it's supposed to be. He could bring his death upon his, on himself prematurely. And that's, we have this obligation, the Torah, it says, and we have to guard our health excessively. And this is not just in our health, and in, in other areas of our life as well, we have an obligation to do our part, whether it's our livelihood, whether it's our health, whether it's, um, I don't know, finding a soulmate, we have to do our part, do our ishtadlis. Ultimately, we have to remember that success or failure is not in our hands. It's not something that we can control, but we have to do our due diligence to make sure that we can get to the to finish line, whatever that is. Now, for some people, it could be more, for some people, it could be less. For the people who are totally righteous and are totally connected to Hashem, they might not have to do anything to to um to get that heavenly blessing but for regular people like us we need to do to do our part but we have to not we have to remember to daven for with daven for success pray and that could be in your own words and just to speak to hashem to give us success in the endeavors that we're doing and remember that we're just doing our part we're going through the motions almost it's almost as if we're just going through the motions we're acting it out and God is going to be the one who's going to give us success or not. So that's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, 
please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomakom with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.